Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Times Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Safranis, and today I'm on with Milan Desai. Milan, welcome. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. So thank you so much, Alex, for inviting. Uh, really excited for this. Uh, so my name is Milan. I'm currently working as a manager at Mindshare. I grew up in India, and uh, I, I'm belonging from like a small city. Uh, my mom was a teacher, and my dad was in like real estate and finance. So I was always fascinated by the numbers and uh, like figures. So I I actually I, I did my uh, engineering like undergrad in engineering, and uh, uh, I I was exploring like different career options, and I was applying for different internships just to explore different careers and I came across opportunity with the global networks uh, that was for like data analytics and marketing research and I think that was my uh, turning point in life and where I thought like okay I want to get into the data science and I want to learn more about this more more about this stuff so I just keep on like self-teaching myself about like data science concepts and like uh, strategies and stuff and then I ended up doing my master's at DePaul then I've been working in Chicago Land ever since, and currently, as I mentioned earlier, I'm working with Mindshare. Before we continue, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Adverity. Are you still measuring the success of your campaigns by guesswork and estimation? Still sticking your finger in the air to decide which campaign to spend your budget on? Well, it doesn't need to be this way. Adverity is the marketing data analytics platform that lets you easily combine and analyze data from across multiple channels so that you can get a full understanding of how each is performing. What's more, the advanced analytics module will give you a predictive analytics insight into how best to adjust your campaign spend based on the best ROI. Go to info.adverity.com mxa for a free demo. That's again, info.adverity.com a-D-V-E-R-I-T-Y dot com slash M-X-A for a free demo. And now, back to the podcast. Very cool. I actually went to DePaul as well for my undergrad, so a uh, little bit of, uh, we're, we're part of the same community. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Go Blue Demons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so why did you decide to get into data science? How much of it was driven by passion versus this is a good career yeah definitely so it's kind of like kind of myths of both so uh, so when i when i mentioned like my first internship was at global networks so they were doing uh really like good work so uh driven towards the society helping uh like underprivileged people and also like starting like empowering women's to start their own things, helping uh, villages to start their own businesses, helping small and medium enterprises, uh, and also creating like smart cities. So there was like a lot of meaningful work which was going on in the in the company, and I was always kind of uh, lean toward doing like meaningful work, and that's like one of my core value also. So that was like one of the big kind of transition. Uh, where I thought like, okay, this is what I want to do. 
then I started my research, like, can I, I step back and I started my research, like how actually this career is. And I found out like a lot, I, in general, I read like lots, lots of blogs. So then I realized, okay, this, this can be like a really good career. So that's why I decided to move into like, uh, states and doing my masters at Nepal. So you moved from India to the U.S. What was that process like? And is that why you pursued education first when you came here? Oh, uh, yeah. So process is pretty much like you have to. So that I there's like a couple of way of the process. But what I followed is basically I came on like student visa and I studied here. And then I like step into like internships and like work and all that stuff. But there are like plenty of other ways. Many people comes on like uh, research also. They do like PhD and stuff. Uh, so yeah, that was like mean. But one of the main factor was uh, to coming to states is like study and getting like better education. Uh, India is like really competitive <laughs> when we say about like education you need to be like really in the like top five or top 10 person. Then, and then you get into like a good, nice universities, uh, which is, which is like super competitive. <laughs> so I knew like, there's like a lot of kind of, uh, competition in that. So, and I found out like, I did like research and found out really good universities, uh, in the States. So I decided to like choose coming like choosing coming to the states and nepal and and for other people in india would you recommend coming to a u.s college yeah definitely so before there was definitely a lot of stigma a lot of different like culture differences and a lot of different things before like coming to the states i definitely recommend like this is one of a kind experience uh it puts you out of the bed, like out of your room, out of your home. You learn a lot of different things. You meet tons of new people. You diversify yourself. You have adversity and you learn from that. You have struggles. You have, you like you, literally I like moved 7,000 miles away from my home. <laughs> and I knew like no one in the state. So you learn a lot of different things and there are different like aspect of the life also. So I definitely recommend that. And along that, you are also studying and making your career. So, yeah, I definitely recommend people. Uh, the quality of education is so much better and you take more seriously when you are like away from home and not in your comfort of your home. Uh, you know what that I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. I encourage people. Yeah. Do you think that you would have had the same access to employment if you had not gotten your master's here in the U.S.? Uh, so I was asking about like India, if I wasn't in, okay. If you if wanted to come stop. here, but you didn't pursue your master's first, you just pursued a job first, would it be substantially harder to find a job? Yeah, I think if, if, if I didn't have like my masters there, it should be like really challenging, mm -hmm. especially uh, like visa perspective. If you even get a job, I think you need sponsorship and, uh, and it's, it's obvious like 
I think U.S. should hire first like people who's living in the states and then like outside of the uh, like states. But I've seen like a lot of people have been hired in India. Uh, they're working remote, but like they're getting they they're getting paid uh, equivalent to what we get it here. So that could be an option. But I that that that's like that scenario can be like uh, ten thousand to one. So hardly one people can. Or probably even more than that. Like in India, it will be like probably ten lakh to one. <laughs> so it's like really rare to have that uh, opportunity. So definitely, yes, uh, it it is like a lot harder to directly get a job, uh, and there is also like a lot of uh, like you cannot change the job and a lot of restriction and a lot of like rigidity around that option. But while you are pursuing your masters or you are studying here, you have a lot of flexibility around whom you want to work with. You can choose your uh, companies and uh, employers, so I think you have a lot of flexibilities over that. You can explore different careers as well. If you don't like your major, you can change it also. And I think before coming to states, I read this article which was saying like sixty-five percent of the students, like after coming to states, they change their majors. So, so yeah, that's like this is a really good option. And it's not like even restrictive that you only have to do this. You cannot do that. That makes a lot of sense. You, you want to maximize your freedom in terms of career paths, and once you pick the job, you got to stick with it. Yeah, exactly. And how long do you have to stay for in in like that job that sponsors you? So, so basically, that is not like a law, but. But once you get in, so you come whenever you are like moving from India here, you, that company expect you because they are sponsoring you. So you have like that emotional kind of burden of they have sponsored you, and also kind of uh, you haven't make any impact ever since they are they have like hired you. So it will be also harder to get another job because they have to do a lot of like legal stuff to move that uh, like visa status to their company. So at least you should have like spend and like fourteen to sixteen months for initially you were hired for. Got it. And then you can like move into like other positions. Yeah. Okay. But there's like a lot of hassles. Yeah. I definitely say that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's very similar to anybody else who is trying to, you know, maybe move to a different job. You would still want to stay yeah. over a year. Exactly. Definitely. It's not as easy as it says, like as we are like uh, chatting right now. It's kind of a lot of like documentation, and you have to explain to the USCIS and stuff like why you are moving. You just hired for that, and things like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I totally agree with you. So go going back to your current role, tell us more about Mindshare and how you bring value to the business. Yeah, sure. So. Mindshare is basically a company who helps in advertising uh, other companies. So I work with a lot of different companies and client companies uh, to basically target who are the like targeted audience and only target them uh, because we don't want to waste our resources or time uh, to people who are not gonna consider buying to our product or who are not like potential clients potential like target audience. So 
we 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 basically help like target targeting consumers to their to for their brands and uh, my personally my job involves like working on different accounts and uh, basically we create an algorithm and like run algorithms based on uh, different like consumer tracking preferences and build our model around that so that we can forecast how consumers are going to uh take actions on our products on our campaigns and uh, we accounts for this changes and help like making business decisions like what what should they do to mitigate this uh possibilities or to overcome these problems or minimize the impact mhm so yeah that's like one of the big factor what we work at mindshare and what we do Mhm. And what about yes, your sir. your role in particular? My role in particular so I I currently I'm working with energy sectors and uh, we basically help them literally finding like what consumers are going to take actions because of right now how the transit like transit is going on. uh in the overall like commodities uh in oil prices and stuff so we help them understanding consumer behavior and also how how they should plan their action how should they uh action plan their uh strategies for rest of the years according to consumers behavior so basically what we do is we have like lots of data coming in uh, from different sources and also we have historical data from the from the from the customer like client client side and we analyze them we model it and we forecast it and then we have like a client presentation where we basically like walk them through over literally everything like what they've been how consumer is doing what kind of people are attracting to the brand and all the granularity of the questions which help basically uh clients to make the make how much dollar they want to spend on it and things like that you do consumer analytics is that fair to say we we call it as like marketing science but probably marketing science. in yeah but in depth you can say like consumer analytics that's just but one aspect of the uh kind of total model mm-hmm. which accounts for that but we also do like historical data of how their their price their their, their pricings are like their product pricings are uh, so a lot of things like a lot of factors goes into the model but but you can say a yeah, consumer analytics for now yeah <laughs> i'm i'm curious mm-hmm. what are the different areas that you work in in terms of analytics because there's so many different types yep. of questions to answer So what do you mm-hmm. like to focus on what are and what are you focusing on? Yep. Yeah. This is a really nice question. So data data science is like huge kind of field uh, and it have like lots of different like paths to follow and uh not all the application we can like literally practically involved into the uh day to day business. Not that we cannot but like it's not we don't have like the time for that and like resource enough resources to do that but 
but here at mindshare we do like a lot of like eco- econometrics modeling and we do that is basically like going through like all the aspect of the business uh and helping business to understand the consumers like what kind of people come to the business uh, is it like gen z people uh millennials hispanic people black people like all kind of like analytics more like granular level and regionally wise so so we kind of we touch base on like really uh wide level of uh, scenarios where we do like small analysis for uh or like exploratory analysis for uh region wise like what kind of consumers they have my kind of my interest is towards uh helping product uh with the data so that's what i'm doing right now and that's my also like ultimate goal uh so we also work with like a lot of product manager to help them how how we can make the product better uh with existing data so that is what i'm interested in and i i would be doing for i think at least my next 5 to 10 years it's interesting so when a business is building out a marketing science team at what stage of the would the business have to be in to really get the most out of that function this is really great question and this is how this is how like we have been like worked uh, all along my life so as i mentioned earlier like i used to work with uh, small and medium enterprises to grow their business into like medium and large scale and, like uh, enterprises so one thing what we have like explored all over like my career and uh working through all these companies that like involving data from early age it really helps mitigate uh un unresourceful kind of expenses or like the time wasting and uh directions we the companies goes in but so what i suggest to any companies is basically have that a scalable solution uh while the, so for example if you are a startup you should have like really small team or just a person uh, who's like responsible for uh building the data stack but he should have built that data stack in a manner that it's a scalable so it is it if you have the data stack built right when you are startup it's really helpful because once you grow into like medium enterprises you will need like a lot of data to make decisions and it's like crucial uh like we all know like how crucial data is to make decisions in today's world so so i think my answer would be creating a scalable solution from very early age that will help a lot and then you can always scale up or down according to your company's like investments and funds coming in i want to move on to asking about some future breakthroughs in the industry so what future breakthroughs do you expect in the marketing or data industries sure uh this is like ever changing data science is like ever changing field and like any other field we take like computer science and everything uh we've been like evolving a lot from if you see like cell phone like for 
before that we have like telephones and now we have like like com- like super computer in our pockets so it definitely there is always a chance for evolving and there is like a lot of breakthroughs coming in every time uh, recently i i i was just re- uh, reading this blogs from harvard business review a uh, couple of weeks back uh, it was saying like how neuromarketing or like consumer science uh, was helping like marketing and digital marketing specifically to help that like creatives and like branding and how people react to uh, pricing but how people how companies are reluctant and now a lot of pessimism around that uh, people have kind of stopped or like they are really reluctant using that uh, but i think one of the if i if i just like step back and think about what can be uh, helpful in in the data, data industry or marketing industry is probably the concept of i think game theory uh, i i i've read about it a lot and it's been using in the wars and uh, and a lot of like stock market companies and trading companies have been using this concepts for for like understanding how people thinks and what they do and why they do uh, so I, i have a strong belief in game theory if if we can put like a lot of efforts and like research team in the, into that we can definitely bring something uh, valuable out of it yeah what's what's a good example of how a business would use game theory uh that's that's a nice question so i will just step back and uh, so in game theory there's a there is an a, like really popular example by this time most of you will know about like prisoner's dilemma how how people like go, how to to how cops like arrest to prisons uh, like to uh people and like put in the prison and ask them like who who did wrong if anyone like confesses like he did wrong or a person a says like i didn't do anything but person b have done this then person a is getting out free and person b is getting uh 20 years of or 10 years of like imprisonment uh similarly if person b says person a did this like they confesses their uh, crime then they are going out free and if they both cooperate with each other uh and confess both then they just got like 5 years of prison and uh if they both like just remain silent they just got like one year of prison man but we are like most of the people are like selfish and like this is so and we don't know uh, as our thinking is so rational uh, we don't we don't know like what other person is going to think about it so so they basically end up uh, choosing like the option a like where they confess that other other person have done that and as they are like uh converting into the state fitness they get like they get they go out free or probably like less in prison mind or stuff like that but but similarly we can take this example and we can put it into the our public bidding prices or competitive campaigns which we are running on so basically let's say we are working with two companies which is company a and company 2 now company a is saying like 
they both are like making their pricing adjustable so if company a and b both are doing like campaigns at the same times and like they're aggressively spending in it then they both will they're making a lot of, they they won't make like a lot of profit out of it but if company a is like doing campaigns and company b is not doing campaign then definitely company a will have like a lot of advantage over b because because of not using uh campaigns and like digital advertisement uh similarly that will happen but this both company won't cooperate with each other so that they can like equalize or like equilibrium they will be like at equilibrium point where they can just uh have like equal profit or probably the amount of their investing in so so we can probably use this concept into like bidding prices and like probably competitive uh so there's a lot of competitive com- campaigns which we are running on for example zara will be running campaign for summer sale and also there will be under clothing company will be running sales for uh and likewise we we can use game theory and we can use probably like python or something more like practically and there are like a lot of uh, libraries like uh was nash nashpy or something and like numpy and panda then there is like nashpy condeco something like that but there are like a lot of library which they have developed uh which we can just script around python script and and kind of create the alg- create the algorithm then there is like one kind of similar example uh that's very if if you are if you are going to like two restaurants so basically they bo- they both are like side by side and restaurant a is kind of having higher prices than and restaurant b will have like lower prices and restaurant b will make more kind of profit similarly opposite way and if they both like cooperate which is the which is like very similar version but you can put this example for like any business uh who are like kind of competitor uh, only like one drawback of uh, game theory is it's not explainable for like a larger group so if you're talking about like 100 people it's kind of tough to like plot it out and it don't have the specific one answer <laughs> so yeah but i think if there is a one really resourceful a uh, video by yel professor his name is benjamin polak uh he have like shot this video in 2013 that explains like really well about like game theory so i definitely recommend that if anyone is interested and curious to know more about game theory so um in general what value does data modeling bring to a business and what are some examples data modeling that's that's actually a really nice question and not a lot of people like focus on that while building the data stacks uh that's also amusing that different company have different definition for data modeling but i'm just saying as like data science perspective uh if if you see data data modeling as like this data science point of view then 
basically we have like a lot of data uh most of the company have uh signups and they have like emails and people coming into the website if, if there's a, just for example if there's an e-commerce website uh there will be tons of data coming in like people traffic cookies uh what kind of people are signing in uh registering for product buying purchasing uh all that kind of information but they are all like unstructured information so data modeling is kind of whole process of like structuring the data and then this data can be used by data analyst or data scientist or business engineer like business intelligence engineers uh but this is one aspect of data engineering uh and lot not a lot of company focus on that so so yeah i think that in that impacts a lot basically if you don't have good data modeling or data engineers who are like cleaning pre processing your data then it's gonna like cost you a lot because basically it's garbage in garbage out like if you don't have like proper data you're not gonna get like better or accurate like your insights or like data uh, prediction or forecast what you're gonna make with your uh, model because after all it's all data right <laughs> do you think that in the future there will be less manual work related to cleaning data or do you think that'll always be kind of the the toughest part to automate because there's so many little edge cases uh this is really great question and i think there are a lot of company right now uh there's like data robot then there is a uh data dog there is like plenty of company who already like take uh initiative on that and like they started taking actions on that and building how how they can like automate the stuff and like clean the data so that we don't have to do like we as in like clients don't have to do it on their end because it's it's time consuming and you need like data engineer professionals and whole team to work with that but definitely there is a there is a high scope of automating everything and i think eventually everything is going to like automate all the like boring work and all like repeated tedious work which we uh, manually do because if you see the proportion of like uh, computer scientists and uh, data scientists are coming out of the university and colleges i think there's a huge scope they, we can leverage them and like automate as much as we can uh, and even if you have analyzed around our kind of day to day world a lot of things are like an automating so eventually this is doable thing it's not something like rocket science it can be like easily automated and currently we also we are also doing like automating everything uh and the at the mindshare so we talked about data issues uh d- data cleaning the, the importance of that and what are some other challenges in the data industry today and how can they be controlled for that's that's i think one point not a lot of people like chat about but it's equally like really important uh one is like data integrity uh 
and i think they should have like some regularity like regularity or something which we can regulate all the data issues and uh, or at least they have like a standards like which everyone can follow and everyone knows about it like if if there is a, like one like if there is a like n is in the data like one person or more then you should not like ignore that and like all this kind of stuff like this uh other thing is there is a like huge industry wide unnoticeable problem which is data discrepancies tons of companies have this issue which is unnoticed and they don't even realize it until they hire like data scientists or uh experienced data professional who can actually fix that so i was working with the company and think markets and we had like huge data discrepancies issue we were we had like six different name of like spelling australia and like things like that so there is a huge industry wide issue not just one company but a lot of company uh but i think this is eventually will like overcome this issue because how people are getting aware about like data science and data it's just like increasing day by day so i'm assuming like this will be this problem will resolve like really soon uh also like another problem which is not a problem but it's kind of a bias which we have as a human so at depol we had a class basically in that we had a we had like this whole like session about biases in like data science so data scientists are the people who are like kind of help making decisions using data and we as a human we have a lot of like biases uh like confirm like confirmation bias or like it's a i think halo effect is one of the popular and most of people know about it so by overcoming this biases i think we can help businesses and people uh understanding what exactly uh we can offer like without that biases so yeah i think awareing or raising awareness around the biases will definitely help kind of overcoming some of the issue which we have and again like on youtube we have really interesting uh there is a professor from stanford robert spalonski he have really great series of lecture on biases and how human behavior kind of evolve and think uh so you guys definitely if if anyone is like curious definitely check it out it's really interesting yeah is there anybody else that you follow online or any authors that you like to read that you would recommend yeah so that's i am a huge kind of a huge uh admirer of reading blogs and uh, uh one of my favorite places is towards data science uh they have really great like blogs about data science and i just love it so in general i love like four to five blogs a day minimum uh and it's i think fun is like data science then medium i'm also like really great uh blogs about like data science and awareing ourselves about this 
that Harvard Business Review is also one of the great places. They have like case studies and business reviews and everything they put together uh, in, in like blog posts. And they also do sometimes if they find a really good blog of someone which is reliable, they also post it on their own website. So that's like good place to check it out, blogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they are the main places, like my most go-to places, I would say. So uh, what career advice do you have for somebody who's trying to get into marketing, data science? Um, what skills should they build and how, how would you suggest somebody approach the job market? Yeah, this is this is really good question. And it's great that we have identified this uh i address this because i have so i'm on linkedin and i think every week five to six people like reach out to me for this question and they have like similar questions i've created like a draft uh and i change it according to the question and and uh, like answer them i was hoping to like just write in a like write a post about it or like just post it on the feed so everyone can read it but now that we have brought it up, uh, in current scenario, if you want to get into like data science uh, or like even marketing, for marketing science, uh, the bars are low. So we, you can, if you just know like data visualization software, so like Tableau or Power BI, uh, and you have like basic understanding of R or Python, then it will help you a long way. and. Uh, Definitely understanding about uh, data science, how how the industry work in its own, that just helps you at the long like long run. Uh, other things, which is which I believe is rather than learning it on your own, I believe having practical experience helps you a lot, rather than just like reading through the blogs and just uh, trying it on your own. But like working into a internship, even it's a unpaid internship or an unpaid job for a couple of months, you will you will learn a lot of things, and then you can utilize that experience which you learned into that internship. You can leverage that into your next job, and that will be like huge spike in your uh, in your salary and everything. So I definitely recommend people. Uh, first get like hands-on experience as soon as you can uh because as a human behavior we forgot things we are forgetfulness we don't remember 100 percent, and our memory is like agenerated so it reduces over the time so whatever you learn like use hands-on approach and utilize in your job bring new concepts start new things so you will learn like that uh, other thing I'll say your first step should be it, it is hard to kind of get that first breakthrough into the market or into the company. So I would say like rely on your network, like build your LinkedIn profile, uh, ask your college alumni, ask your friends if they're already working at one place, like ask them to re- refer you. Uh, that just goes on the long way because 
as I remember if I'm, I, I earlier I mentioned about the biases. So this is also like in group bias. So basically people tends to hire uh, talents from the network they know versus the outsiders. So so yeah, definitely this is this will be like good good spot to start with. Like start with your network first, your family, your friends, your alumni, your school, your mentors, and have your resume, your profile uh, in a in a way that it shows that you are interested in like data science and you have the skills what it takes to be. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of so sense. So that would be, yeah. So that would be like my, so if I sum it up, like involve your network, uh, make sure you have like a resume and uh, your profile all up to date. Just keep on applying. It's it's little hard to get a first job, but then it's get like just easier. And you will all, once you have experience, you have like more confidence uh, in the interviews and stuff. So, yeah. Very interesting. If like any of the listener, anyone have a question or anything, just like just like reach out to me on LinkedIn, or just like reach out to me on my email. Uh, I would be more than happy to help and guide you through that. Awesome, thank you, Milan, for coming on. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting. It was a great session. Uh, I hope that's helpful for you and for uh, for the listeners. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll talk to you soon.